very excited to speak with a special guest on the program. She's a notable Texan from Dallas who is perhaps best known for her iconic eyeglasses and her 1990s hit Stay I Missed You. But she's far more than a one-hit wonder, however. She's been busy through the years as a voiceover talent, as an actress on TV and in film, in addition to her various business ventures and outreach efforts. Also, she won a Grammy for her 2016 Feel What You Feel family-friendly album, but she's kind of aimed again at adult listeners on her new insightful release, A Simple Trick to Happiness. I am very fortunate to welcome back to Notably Texan right now, Lisa Loeb. How are you today? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm excited because the record came out today. Yes, I I figured that this would be an exciting day for you. It's uh, a lot of anticipation uh, coming up on release days like this, I would assume. Yeah, you know, things have changed so much. Back in the olden days, we used to put out a record, and um, definitely there would be promotion and things like that in advance. But nowadays, things have changed so much. It's like we make videos for every song and do lots of different... um, interactive things through social media for months and months leading up to a record. Um, and, and so it's, it's kind of like a big rollout and then the record comes out, but then everybody's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it means you can like get it on streaming, uh, you know, wherever you buy or stream your music, or you can like buy it on Amazon. Um, we're, we're actually doing some CDs. There was a request for us to do CDs. So okay. we have some CDs coming out at Amazon and, um, Newberry comics. I think online you can get it and some Barnes and Noble, but, it's it's funny, it's just such a different experience than it was in the past. But it's still exciting that, that the whole record is out. That's great, and it's cool to hear that you actually have physical copies because that's becoming a, a, a rarity these days. <laughs> well, people don't have as many. Like we, I still have CD players in my house and in my car, but we do a lot of listening on streaming sure. or on vinyl. So I think a lot of people are the same. Um, I definitely sell a lot of CDs when I'm playing concerts, and I play a lot of concerts. So, But I think it's more like you know memorabilia. Yeah. Call them coasters. But they do sound really good, so CDs sound good. I'm assuming that I find you in California today? Yes, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, yeah, and you've been uh, living there, of course, for, for some time. Uh, even though I'm speaking with you on the phone, I can't help myself from, from picturing those signature cat-eye glasses of yours. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm wearing them. Uh, well, um, that okay. way I can see. I, I would be, I would be uh, disappointed if you weren't. But uh, is it true that at a time it kind of bothered you a bit that people always focused on your spectacles? Yeah, it's funny you say that because when you ask me about them, if I, if I would have thought of myself right when I sort of came out playing music in the 90s, I mean, I was playing music all through high school and college, but um, when, when you know, my song Stay got onto the radio and I did a lot, a lot of interviews, the first thing people wanted to ask me about was my glasses. And I would get so <laughs> frustrated because... I had worked so hard on my guitar playing and my songwriting and all these other things were so important to me. And I felt like my glasses were such a superficial topic of conversation. But now I think after being out there and being a little bit more experienced and mature, um, I realized that for me, it actually is really is something that I connect with other people on. You know, there's so many people who wear glasses or who tell me that they wear their glasses, both men and women um, and children, but no pets yet. Anyway, <laughs> so people tell me that they wear their glasses because they saw me wearing my glasses. Oh, and that's cool. They thought that was cool and they felt more confident and didn't feel as shy about wearing their glasses in public um, because I was there wearing my, my glasses on TV and on MTV. I started realizing that I really connected with those people. And also it's kind of a hobby of mine, you know, looking around for cool new frames. And now that I'm in the eyewear business, I have an eyewear line. You can buy frames like mine or other ones that are influenced and inspired by mine. Um, I'm, I'm really in the business and I get to go to huge trade shows where I meet people who made the glasses that I wore when I was growing up or, you know, see other brand new things coming out and um, connect with people on that interest of mine. It's, it's really cool. 
So I don't mind talking about it now because I know people are interested in the music. Of course. <laughs> no. Also, you know, it's fun to talk about glasses. So I think we're way beyond the, that being a, a bad thing for sure, and, and you've helped out a lot on that. Lisa Loeb is uh, checking in with us here today. I definitely am going to talk about the new record, but um, I wanted to ask you uh, how you felt about the honor of having one of your songs featured on Orange is the New Black. Oh, wow, yeah. That was really exciting. You know, as a musician, we were talking about how people release records nowadays. And for all of us, we really do best when we're selling music, when people actually, and also as a creative person, when people hear what you've done, you know, like you, we, we all get so much um, information sent to us all the time about new records and new this and new that. Sometimes we don't ever actually have the chance to sit and listen to the records. Like we know about it, but we don't actually listen to things. So I have to say for a musician to have a song on a show like that, and I'm a big fan of Orange is the New Black, so that's a bonus. I've also had my music in shows that I don't watch, but that's a really great way for people to hear your music. Uh, and, and it was especially great in the, in the TV show Orange is the New Black. All the characters, they're in a scene in one of the final episodes where they're all singing together, and it was awesome the way they brought out the nostalgic piece of the songs day because a lot of people have such great memories that they tell me about and you can just see it in their eyes when I'm singing it live you know people have such a nostalgic connection to it um, which you see a lot in that TV show Orange is the New Black different ages different people connecting to it from different places but also it felt very present and very current and it felt like it means something today so I felt like they did a really cool job in bringing all those elements of the song and the, the people's um, relationship to it together in that scene in Orange is the New Black. And it gave people a chance to actually sit and listen, um, because when you're watching TV, you don't like to get interrupted, right? Uh, That's true. Yeah, that's a very good point. And and when you consider that uh, probably some of the actresses in that show uh, are about the same age as that song, that's that's really cool to know that it still means something to to younger people, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's so cool. And you know, like you said, they, they used it in that TV show. They've used it They've used that song, or they've, uh, where I personally have appeared in a lot of different TV shows. Um, you know, again, people have a real connection with the song and and the nostalgia of the '90s, which I appreciate. But like recently, I was on Fuller House, which is cool. Yeah. Like my daughter's friends and and other people of a little bit younger generations are really excited to connect with me on that. And my songs have been in like The New Girl, so it's fun to connect to different generations. Um, through through the music and then be able to to continue to bring new music to them that they're interested in because they connected through the the gateway song stay you said that i was naive and i thought that i was strong oh, i thought hey i can leave i can leave oh but now i know that i was wrong because i missed you Lisa Loeb is checking in with Notably Texan today. Uh, I assume it was your uh, growing family uh, that kind of inspired you to shift a little bit to making uh, the more family and children-oriented music uh, several years ago? Actually, no. Um, really? I started making kids' music, I think about, was it 15 or t- 15 years ago? I started with the record Catch the Moon, with I, which I made with my friend Elizabeth Mitchell, who um, I was in a band with her all through college and for a couple of years after college. Uh, and she had started making really great kids' music. And um you know, talking about the music business changing, things were changing and, and, and sort of heading more in the independent direction. And Barnes & Noble asked me to do a record um, specifically for them. And we talked about doing a bunch of different types of records. And I told them I wanted to make a kid's record because I had such nostalgia for my childhood. Um, you know, mostly growing up in the 70s in Dallas and just the TV shows we used to watch. And I, I really wanted to, to make something like that in from the time where 
sometimes you didn't know if it was for kids or for grown-ups. I wanted to do that. So my friend Liz, who had been making kids music for a while, um, I asked her if she would help produce the record and make the record with me because I loved what she was doing. She was making really cool music that sounded like real people singing and playing, which it was, um, which you, you didn't always find in that day, in those days, you know, back in about 15 years ago when we made the record. So we made Catch the Moon, which was also a board book and a record. And I went on from there to to capture some of my favorite summer camp songs, as well as writing new camp songs for a record called Camp Lisa. Um, I took a lot of songs that, that uh, I used to sing at Camp Champions in, in outside of Austin in Marble Falls. And um, I just... Again, that that um, related well to my nostalgia for childhood. And these songs that, although, yeah, they might be meant for a kid in some ways, if you've sung them, they last you your whole life. You love singing Peanut Butter and Jelly or <laughs> the song called The Chewing Gum Song or Up Insider. There's all these songs that we just love. So it was fun to bring that to, into my own life as a musician. And years and years later, after many more records and, and even illustrated books that come with records um, and a musical about summer camp, I then had kids. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize um, kids actually listen to mostly grown-up music, um, which is what I did a lot when I was growing up. You know, we listened to the Beatles and musical theater and all kinds of stuff. I realized how important nursery rhymes were to kids, which I, I sort of hadn't paid a lot of attention to them because I liked making up new songs for kids. And, and again, like playing out that nostalgia from the 70s and doing fun stuff and silly stuff and things, storytelling with a lot of heart. But then I realized the classics were important to kids. So I made a nursery rhyme record for Amazon um, exclusively yeah. and went from there. So I, I started making music for kids before I had kids. Okay. Um, and, and I continue to do so. It's just, uh, I think a lot of musicians do it. It's, it's a fun way to express yourself in a way that is sort of outside of the normal thing that you do. And, and there's so much freedom to play around with different genres. And again, silliness and cleverness and heartfelt warmth and like expressing, um, like I like, embedding values in songs sometimes you know like I made a record called feel what you feel and there's a lot of things about expressing yourself and respecting others but all in the all in the under the guise of of just music you know good music played by real musicians in um great recording studios and you know top of the line you know people making music you know it's not yeah. Uh, second-class music, even though it's for kids. Absolutely. No, I totally get it, and I have uh, played uh, many songs uh, from some of these, you know, if you will, family-friendly uh, albums like uh, Lullaby Girl. I've featured them here on this show many times, and I get oh, it. Great. You know, they're definitely not not just for kids. This is not like kids' bop stuff. This is, you know, something that anybody can appreciate. So uh, I would dare say it definitely yeah. for all audiences. I love that you play the Lullaby stuff. That was the third record we made for Amazon, and by that point, it really felt like it's for everybody. I mean, it's it's almost just like jazz, sort of jazz, takes on a lot of different classic songs from, you know, all of the different eras, as well as a couple of new songs. And what's cool, too, about that, I made videos for almost all of those songs. There's like 60 videos out there wow. from the la all the Amazon music. And you can watch the songs, which is, you know, sometimes a nice way to listen to them. I also even have new videos already coming out for my new record. But people really just like to watch music on YouTube, so... Um, I appreciate you playing them for people to listen to. Ooh, child, things are gonna be easier. Ooh, child, things will be brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna be easier. Ooh, child, things will be brighter.
definitely want to focus on uh, Lisa Loeb, your new studio record, which is out today. And this this is kind of back to uh, speaking to more of an adult audience, if you will. And I understand that you were really kind of digging deep in your soul to share some uh, some personal songs on this new release, A Simple Trick for Happiness. Yeah, A Simple Trick to Happiness has all kind of songs that were written mostly right around the time I recorded the album. And a lot of times I, I sort of collect songs, even since I was in college, I, when I... By the time I would come up with about 12 or 15 songs, it was time to make a record. But for this, and, and then along the way, sometimes songs were not as personal. A little, I had a thing like where I didn't want to be too personal because I didn't want to bare my soul and sound like I'm you know, writing something that's not crafted and it's just plopped out of my journal or something. But I, along the way, I realized some of the songs I like best and some of the songs that my fans seem to connect to most are the more personal songs. But um, I do make sure that they're well crafted. They're not just, you know, plopped out of my journal, out of a journal. <laughs> right. But yeah, there's a lot of songs that cover a lot of different things. And really, it's interesting as you grow up when you first start out and you're in your in your early twenties and you're writing a lot of songs about love and heartbreak. Uh, it's interesting to see like where you can go from there. And so I feel like I, I kind of was able to capture where I am now as a a mom as a working professional person trying to balance, find balance in my life. And and also I w- it was great because I worked with a friend of mine, Rich Jacks, who I've made many, many records with, including some of those uh, records we just talked about. But um, we really have like a modern production style on it. But there's different spaces and, and different instrumentation. And um, like my daughter said, I think people in their 20s are going to like it. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a good endorsement. She could tell it wasn't a kid's record. Well, that's good. <laughs> nice. Uh, is it uh, maybe somewhat of a sign of the sort of turbulent times that we're in to uh, to really kind of be encouraging people to focus on happiness? Or is that just how you uh, always approach life? Um, it's kind of how I always approach life. I mean, it's funny. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, you're just called a simple trick of happiness, but it's so sad. You know, it makes me so sad. But there is definitely a happiness in that better, bittersweet, melancholy place where you're able to look at your life and find the things that you'd like to tweak and, and change. Um, and sometimes things that can pull you out of that is the idea that there are simple tricks. There are small things throughout the day that you can do to find that happiness. Um, and also, you know, with the world being where it is today, with all the things going on between politics and environment and um, all types of conflict, it's important to start with your own life, start with your relationships in your life um, and your community. And sometimes being able to vent how you're feeling or connect and communicate with others, you know, whether it's at work or walking in and out of dropping your kids off at school, um, those moments of connection, I think, really do bring engagement, which makes you feel happy. So I think that that's important to, to, to be able to take that step, take that breath. It's funny, I was just in Dallas the other weekend at the Oprah event a couple of weekends ago. And um, she sort of had, of course, many similar messages about wellnesses and looking at your life, about wellness and looking at your life, and breathing and sleeping and, you know, trying to focus on continually evolving. But but also, you know, things in your life now that you can also look at and and be okay with. Well, I think uh, we could definitely use uh, plenty of that positivity right now because there's an awful lot of negativity around. So it's nice to have that uh, that positive vibe. A simple trick to happiness is having more and wanting less. Sometimes it's hard just trying to do my best. Today's the day that I could turn it around Cause nothing's keeping me down I'll see you on the upside Cause don't you know it's high time To see the world is ours To go 
lot of different uh, genres on on the new album right it's not really just a one genre thing yeah on a simple trick to happiness um there like i said some of the songs are a little bit more modern we we wrote to some tracks that we put together um it's not like super modern but it, it is just so it has a little bit of a different feel um some songs are a little bit more kind of there's one song that's more like rock and kind of psychedelic um there's songs that are very much like piano ballads and um a couple of songs that are more guitar based that that might feel a little more country. I don't know. I, don't, I, I it's hard to think of genres now. We just produced each song fits the the song. You know, each track fits the song. Yeah. And then they all fit together. Even at the very end, you know, we were talking about my Lullaby Girl record, which sounds like standard classics. Um, that song is kind of like the the bridge between Lullaby Girl and this record. It's it's kind of like a standard. It's a piano based standard sounding song like you know like you're somewhere over the rainbow like that kind of song mm-hmm. but but it all fits together so I'm, I'm i'm excited for people to actually hear it and it's only i like to say this i, I hate emphasizing this but i kind of love emphasizing this that it's it's a, the album is under 35 minutes so it's the kind of thing you could definitely listen to in one day to and from work oh nice um you know it's it's a time that's doable, and I think it, it. And also because of the way we wrote the songs, I made it clear to all my collaborators: these are the songs that need to feel like that post-it note you put on your mirror. If you've got the guts to put a post-it note on your mirror to remind you of, of things that are important to you, hopefully not your grocery list, but like <laughs> you know other bigger concepts that are important to you. Hopefully these songs will stick with you. You know. I like that. I've got this track, Another Day, uh, ready to go. What can you tell me about this song? When you listen to it, it, it does feel like a prayer, and it feels very reflective and I think a lot of people go through their days where all the small things in your day they can sometimes wear you down <laughs> but you always find a glimpse of something that, that lifts you up and that's that's what this is it's it's an encouraging song I think uh, we could definitely use a little bit more of this uh, and uh, we could all use a little encouragement to get through our days some of the times you know the way some of the times you want to quit Sometimes you bend, you twist, you take a swing Sometimes you miss, but most of the time it's worth it But everybody knows that life can change like the weather And everybody wants the things they know to stay the same But we're not gonna forever and nothing's ever meant to stay but while we're on this ride together let's do it for another day another brand new music day. from lisa loeb off the album a simple trick to happiness you just heard another day on 88.9 ketr i am very happy to be going down this road with the artist herself checking in with us right now do you have uh fond memories of uh, growing up in in dallas oh yeah i really do you know i grew up in a fun time in the 70s and the 80s i loved growing up there and especially when i got a little bit older like in my in the 80s we had a fun time going places like deep Ellum when it was just developing we'd go to profit bar and uh cafe 500 and just so many different places and we went to so many concerts at uh, reunion arena oh my gosh <laughs> yeah um, robert plant and the police and the pretend actually pretenders was bronco bowl but you know, so many concerts we went to growing up. And my friends and I used to go interview bands. And um, it was just, we had so much fun running around and, and being in Dallas. It was also a funny time because, especially by the time I was a teenager, um, 
you know, we were kind of like the alternative kids. So yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, it was preppies versus punks or preppies yes. versus new wave or whatever. I don't know if versus is the right word, but, you know, we just had a great time. And I did all the stuff everybody does, you know, go to the state fair, eat corny dogs, go to Six Flags. Um, you know, now I mostly, if you see me in Dallas, I'll probably be at Whole Foods or um, CVS, CVS, maybe the gym. And I do get to, to go to some fun events and stuff like that when I'm in Dallas, too. Nice. Well, I uh, take ballet at SMU when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Um, I, I just loved growing up there. That's so cool, I yeah. I so many friends there. I love all these uh, iconic uh, Texas things that you remember, too. A lot of a lot of them are no longer there, like the Bronco Bowl and Reunion Arena and all this stuff. But uh, it's great to have I the know. memories. <laughs> There's yeah. new stuff. Oh, yeah. There's always took things. took us to the place downtown with the eyeball, which was so cool. Oh, yeah. And um, that was really awesome. And that it's really cool out in Plano, the star that football field out there and the right. training facility is amazing. I've got some friends who um, help run that training facility. It's just unbelievable. I also, I think we talked about this last time, but uh, you know, I'm a radio guy, so uh, I always get a kick out of knowing that you got to do a little bit of work on, on was it the high school radio station, Hawkaday uh, yeah, radio I station? Yeah, I did a lot of work on the radio station. I was on for three years. I had a radio show. It was on KRSM, the St. Mark's uh, School of Texas radio station, which was 88.5. Uh, not too far away from, from where you guys are right. uh, on the dial. And it was 88.5, and I used to be a program director. Um, actually, wait, I was station man. I was one of them. I, there was one I couldn't be because I, I went to the girls' school, not actually the school where the radio station was. Okay. But I used to DJ at parties. and But also um, on, on air, I would play all this music I loved, either local music or sort of local music like the Judy's and and also I would play a lot of uh classic rock like Zeppelin and Hendrix nice. I play a lot of new wave and and stuff that I was discovering like Thomas Dolby and uh and, and it was really fun I used to go to Bill's records and and tapes and he would give me some stuff and I became friendly with some record companies back then and we would get promotional music from like IRS music oh cool um, so it was really fun to be able to share music I called my show everything you always wanted to listen to but didn't necessarily own. And and <laughs> we put it. up flyers, and people would call in, and it was like the real deal. It was really, really fun. That is so cool. Um, by the way, I just did you – I don't know if you heard that uh, Bill just passed away. Uh, yes, okay, I, I did. I, yeah, we were all talking about it on social media. It's very sad, but yeah. it was in his store. Um, you know, people have such fond memories of that. Oh, yeah. Again, it's like – People still love their record stores. You know, I just recently did some stuff where I, I shipped all my old records to me, to myself, to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and good records, good records helped me do that. So those guys have been really helpful. Nice. Um, you know, you might even some of my old records to buy there. Oh, that's pretty um, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm honestly kind of surprised, and maybe, you know, it's hard to find the time for this. I'm almost surprised that you don't do a podcast or something these days. Well, I have a bunch of stuff I'm working on right now, and you'll you'll find out if you follow me on social media, on on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook, that um, I'm working on some stuff that you'll be seeing on YouTube, oh, okay. which is not a podcast, but I'll be sharing a lot more music, uh, performance, personal ideas, and things. Cool. <laughs> so you should be checking that out soon. You should definitely, you know, follow me on YouTube, and you can start seeing some things come up in the next month or so. Um, like I said, including new actual official music videos that'll be there. Awesome. Something to look forward to. When I'm looking through the glass, I can only see the half that I can see. Then I woke up, didn't know if I had fallen back to sleep. Was I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Is this heaven? 
touch me Hey, this is alright This is my life I know that you're a, a big believer in what public radio does. Would you uh, would you kind of speak for a second about what makes non-commercial radio so special and, and why it needs support from the people who listen to it? Oh, yeah, I really believe in public radio. Um, it's what I listen to most of the time. Uh, I, I just feel like they bring so much information to the people, real journalism. What you're hearing on the radio is well-reported journalism, people really sharing things that are of particular interest. And a specific, unique interest comes on, on – um, on the radio and it's supported by the public. So, you know, if you're listening and you enjoy hearing what you hear, which is unique and different from what you can hear on other, other radio stations, you should support public radio. I know I do. And nowhere else are you going to hear a discussion with Lisa Loeb around here. So support us today by clicking donate at KETR.org. Lisa's new album, A Simple Trick to Happiness is out now. Where is that available? It's available on Amazon. You can order CDs. Um, you can also CDs through Newberry Comics. I believe there's some autographed uh, new CDs through New- Newberry Comics. I think Barnes & Noble might have some. I'm not sure if they're in the stores yet. And then you can stream it on Spotify, iTunes, and you can buy it on Spotify and iTunes, any, any place you listen to music. What's cool, too, is this all works kind of like, um, uh, what is that called? Like, if, if you sign up and if you follow me on YouTube and if you actually listen or download the record from Spotify, it helps create this kind of wave so that the computer of behind the scenes on Spotify and on Amazon and all these places will let more people know about the music. It'll be more available and, and it'll have more exposure. So definitely engage and listen and save and, and buy and do all those things because um, that's a really good way to support all of your musicians, not just me. Absolutely. Is this another Amazon exclusive, by the way? It's not Amazon exclusive. Okay. This is a, a record it's out there and um you know again if you follow me on social media you'll know when i'm in town uh you'll know when there's special things happening um again through any of my social media or even lisalope.com this has really been a treat i hope that uh, your tour will bring you uh, back through texas sometime soon also oh it definitely will great hey we're looking forward to having you uh, back home here in texas but i know that you've got a happy happy life and a happy family uh, out there on the west coast i really appreciate you carving out some time to speak with notably texan today lisa Loeb. sure i will see you soon someplace some uh, probably some rex- mexican restaurant i'm sure <laughs> probably <laughs> yes. either el phoenix or Mikosina. but um i'll see y'all soon what the world needs now is love sweet love no not just for some Oh, but just...